Welcome to the Landlord's Resource. Well, hi there. My name is Jamie Swam, and I'm here with Connor Swam, and we are the hosts of the Landlord's Resource, where each week we provide practical content to empower landlords. Connor, how are you doing today? I'm doing great today. All right. Well, uh, good week. We just uh, onboarded our uh, most recent property. So uh, good stuff. Well, today uh, we're going to be talking about the cost of moving a tenant in. So the goal of landlords like yourself ultimately is to move in a high quality tenant and have that tenant then um, begin to pay the rent. And so uh, there are costs associated with that, that it's important for your tenant to understand. It's important for you as an owner to understand. Uh, if you are also your own landlord, it is important then for you to understand those landlord costs. If uh, you have a property manager, then the property manager has some costs as well. And then uh, at the end today, we're gonna give you our best pro tip on, uh, on how to get the best tenants. So are uh, you ready to go? I'm ready. All right, well, let's start uh, with from a tenant's perspective. You know, they their goal is to live in your home and their goal is to have a real positive experience and that starts with a positive moving experience. So from a tenant's perspective, what can a tenant expect when they are moving in? So there are uh, a lot of fees that a tenant can expect when moving in. A lot of them are pretty standard, um, but uh, they all... They all add up, and so a lot of tenants actually, when they apply, they ask us exactly how much can they expect to pay when moving in, and honestly, it's different for every tenant depending upon a couple of things. Uh, the first the first thing that a tenant, uh, prospective tenant, is always gonna have to pay, uh, regardless of uh, everything else, is the application fee. For us over here at Swan Property Management, our application fee is $35 per tenant um, over the age of 18. Uh, that's actually, uh, we require every person living in the home over the age of 18 to fill out their own application uh, for actually uh, the insurance of most uh, of our homeowners require that every person above the age of 18 be screened um, or at least named in their policy um, or that they're aware, the insurance company is aware that the tenant would be there. Uh, so every person over the age of 18 uh, is required to pay the $35 per application and that includes a full background check, a full credit history, previous living situations like uh, evictions, rental history, and uh, whatnot, uh, and also uh, criminal, um, criminal at the state, national, and county level um, around the, the nation. So every state, um, every county, um, and around the entire nation. Uh, and so it's actually a very, very extensive, uh, extensive uh, uh, criteria that we apply. It's very extensive um, application um, and background check. Um, and some, some property managers charge more than $35, some charge less. Uh, it really depends upon the quality of background check that you're getting. So we actually have a very high quality background screening service that we use. So we actually end up paying internally a lot of money uh, to, to get this background check done where the company has their own court runners to get um, local documents. Uh, the, the company has the connections with the credit bureaus to get all of the credit history and all that. Um, so it's actually a very extensive process and that would be $35 per applicant. Uh, the second and probably the easiest to predict that you'd have to pay uh, when moving in as a tenant is the security deposit. Typically, uh, that's one month's rent in Delaware, um, unless there's a couple corner cases. The most you could charge for security deposit, it's one month's rent. So let's say about a thousand bucks. That's probably about the median rent here uh, in Newcastle County, Delaware. Uh, so you could ex definitely expect to pay that. 
Uh, the second, um, and also very easy to predict, is first month's rent. Uh, if you move in on the 15th of the month, you just prorate the rent per day. So we take, let's say, $1,000. Uh, there were 16 days left in the month, and we just do 1,000 divided by uh, six. Uh, thousand divided by uh, 31 times 16. Uh, and then we would get the prorated monthly amount and then you'd have to pay that. Uh, another, another fee that is also somewhat easy to predict but different per tenant is the pet fees. In Delaware, the maximum that a landlord can charge you for uh, having a pet um, and some pets can and can't be named on homeowners insurance policies is one month's rent. Uh, so the most you could do is one month's rent. We typically don't see that, maybe half a month's rent, 350 bucks, something like that. Uh, they just keep it aside in case your pet happens to do some damage to hardwood floors, which does happen. Um, or if, let's say, you have a cat, uh, this is very hard if a cat um, urinates on the carpet to get that out. You actually have to end up replacing the carpet and the, uh, the sub-carpet, the padding underneath. So it's actually very expensive if that happens. And also, sometimes we have to repaint the walls uh, if there's damage to them, uh, stuff like that. Uh, another, uh, a couple other fees that might not be as predictable are one moving fees. So if you're in between homes, which you likely are, uh, if you're trying to rent a property, um, sometimes your previous living situation doesn't end on the day that your new one starts. So you might have to pay for storage and transportation of furniture, depending upon how you do that. Um, it could be pretty, pretty expensive. And also another thing to consider when moving in is you need to uh, enroll in liability insurance. So uh, over at Swan Property Management, we require that each tenant have liability insurance, both on their possessions and on themselves as well. So in case anything bad were to happen, that there is insurance uh, provided that will cover um, any damages in the <coughs> event. And we automatically uh, enroll tenants if they don't wanna provide their own policy, they're happy to go out and then give us proof of this policy. Um, but we provide tenants uh, with our policy. It's only $12.50 a month, so it's pretty cheap for the amount of uh, protection you're getting. Uh, but it's, some, it's a fee that a lot of tenants um, don't expect to pay and aren't aware that they'd be paying uh, directly when they move in. So uh, that pretty much wraps up all the tenant fees uh, that you can expect. Uh, other than that, um, you'd have to be doing uh, some things that are... Other, other than those fees, you, you really shouldn't expect to pay much more than that. There aren't, aren't that many fees associated. Maybe if you're living in a, in a hotel for a couple days, uh, but then again, um, that would be a very case-by-case -case basis. Yeah, and, and I would add that, um, that a lot of this is state-specific as well. And so it's very important that, that you as a landlord know the laws of your state. Now, we're located in Delaware, so we know those laws thoroughly, but we have seen landlords in the move-in process charge the wrong fees or charge too many fees or charge too much for like let's say a pet deposit and whatnot and then on the back end if if there's a dispute have a problem um, with the tenant actually in court uh, with those things and some of the fines for a landlord I know in Delaware can be pretty steep if you do the wrong thing the other thing I would say is that in general as a rule of thumb the more positive the move-ins uh, experience for the tenant, generally the more positive the experience with the tenant as a renter is going to be. So it's very important to set the expectations and the standards up front of how the tenant is expected to behave and to perform. And so um, generally it's important to have as positive of a move-in experience as possible. And sometimes there's a lot of moving pieces. So, uh, you know, um, we also have a sales team uh, that we work with. And so recently we helped a first-time investor find their first investment property. 
and uh, it was a duplex we ultimately uh, found, uh, made an offer on, had that offer accepted. And so uh, Delaware's uh, called an attorney state, so um, an attorney does uh, all the settlements in Delaware. <clears throat> so at the settlement table, one half of the unit was occupied uh, during the transition, the other half was not occupied. So it was a process of transferring security deposits. The tenant that was living in one of the units had prepaid some rent for the, the following month. So all of those checks were done at settlement and just created a very, very, very smooth moving process. And then we were able to tenant the other half of that duplex actually uh, actually pretty quickly. So the point is that it's, it's detail intensive and it's very important to get all of those details correct in a moving process. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, let's uh, well let's talk about landlords. So um, so if you are the landlord of your own property, remember being a landlord is different than being an owner, right? Being a landlord means that um, you are the landlord of the property. You can be an owner and a landlord, or you can be an owner and hire like a property management company like Swan Realty to be your landlord. So on the landlord end of it, there are costs that are incurred as well. So let's uh, let's share a little bit about those costs. Yeah, so as a landlord, there are a couple of things that you can definitely uh, expect to pay uh, regardless of how you conduct a, uh, a showing and a move-in. There are definitely a lot of similar features that all landlords can expect to pay. One of those, uh, and if you're not paying this, I would highly suggest that you contact a professional property manager. If you're not paying for professional background checks, you are basically, um, every time you tenant a property, it's a crapshoot. You don't know if you're going to get a good tenant or bad tenant. You could do all of these background checks yourself, but if you're not paying for a professional to professionally screen your tenant, um, you're not doing yourself and you're not doing your property owner uh, the service that they deserve. You should definitely pay a professional, either a property manager, or you can hire a, a screening company yourself and have a relationship with that screening company. Uh, we have a relationship with a uh, nationwide screening company. We pay uh, a very good amount of money to get these background checks done and they are extremely expensive um, and extensive uh, for um, everything that we want done. We wanna know exactly what type of person is moving into an owner's property. We wanna protect this property like it were our own. Uh, and the best way to do that is to get a tenant that we know, um, they are who they say they are, they have the, the credit history they say they do, they can um, act responsibly as they, they'll tell you they can, and the best way to do that is to get the tenant professionally screened. So you should always pay for professional screening. You make all of your money as an owner, as a property manager, when you tenant the property correctly. So if you tenant the property incorrectly, months of headache, thousands of dollars wasted, but if you get a great tenant in there, it could be years and years and years of good income, solid, steady rent, uh, and very, very minor issues, if any at all. So you definitely make all your money when you tenant the property correctly, and the first step to doing that is to professionally screen them, however you wanna do that. Uh, the second is you need to prepare the property for rent. So that requires you sending someone over there. Uh, if you do unassisted showings, you're gonna need someone to go over there. You're gonna to need to take the listing photos. You're gonna to need to take the advertising um, content, whatever you want, want that to be. You're gonna to need to make the advertising description. Sometimes that takes a lot of time. You need to go work with the owner to decide what, what the rent at the property is gonna be. So there needs to be a little bit of prep, prep time done uh, for us over here at Small Property Management. It's not really uh, a huge investment of time. Uh, but there is an investment there nonetheless, so you need to take into account the, uh, the cost of time and the cost maybe you have an employee doing all of that. Um, so you need to take in, maybe you even get your property professionally photographed. Maybe that's uh, an item 
that brings in prospective owners. Uh, and so you also need to factor that into your costs when, uh, when trying to rent out the property. Another thing, um, and actually uh, another thing you can expect to pay, uh, and there are two camps um, uh, of, land, uh, of property managers and owners here, uh, is if you personally show the property yourself or have an agent of your company do every showing or you have unassisted showings. Uh, so uh, I know a lot of property managers that do both. Some consider, some consider in showing, per, uh, in showing, in-person showings to be old school, uh, and some don't trust these unassisted showings. Uh, personally, we do unassisted showings over here at Swan Property Management. We have never had a problem with them. It has always been uh, ex an extremely smooth, easy process with with every prospective tenant applies, and we've actually gotten a lot more uh, interest in properties because they don't have to schedule the when they show the house around around our schedule. So even if we made nine to five p.m. Uh, availability five days a week, there's still a lot of tenants that uh, they work all day during the week and uh, they can only look at it on the weekends. So if you don't show weekend availability, then maybe you miss out on a couple tenants being the property. But we've seen that with doing unassisted showings, we get more leads at every property, we get more applications, and as a result, we get a higher quality tenant in the property. Um, and it's actually very safe. Our process, we, we actually use Tenant Turner, which requires uh, these prospective tenants to upload a, a photo of a government ID, whether that's their passport or their driver's license uh, or some other type of identification. Uh, and that pretty much right there, um, after going through a round of pre-screening questions, pretty much removes um, any ability for the tenant to um, hurt the property at all. Like I said, we've been doing this for quite a while, unassisted showings, um, by the way, and we haven't had a single issue with it. Uh, maybe the, 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 most, uh, the most problems that we had with it is that a tenant couldn't get into the box and then we call them right when we get that message and then we show them how to get into the box 30 seconds later. That is the only problem we've had with it and it, it rarely ever crops up. Another thing that you can expect um, is meeting at the property to do a move-in inspection. So every landlord is different. Some will charge for the move-in inspection, some do it free, some have um, a higher up in their company do it, some have an agent of the property manager do it. Uh, it, it really just depends on how you handle things internally, but you can definitely uh, expect to spend sometimes up to an hour at a property photographing, documenting, and working with a tenant to make sure that the move-in condition is 100% accurately documented, both for your safety and for the tenant's safety as well. Um, so that could be a significant amount of time depending upon how big the house is, how much damage needs to be noted, and how much work needs to be done um, working with the tenant in uh, making sure all the pictures are taken uh, and that they report everything uh, if, if you don't catch it on your move-in inspection. And another, another thing um, that you can expect as a landlord, which a lot of uh, landlords seem to um, not catch or, or not think about directly when moving, uh, when moving a tenant into the property, is communicating with all of the prospective leads that don't fill out an application. So let's say for 10 people who will give you a phone call, one will apply. So if you had 10 applications, you had 100 phone calls. That is a significant amount of time. That doesn't include emails. That doesn't include people that called multiple times. That doesn't include going to the property to show it yourself. That doesn't include directing them to the marketing information. So when all is said and done, uh, marketing and showing and moving a tenant into the property uh, can be a very time intensive process. So communicating with all of those leads is very, very time intensive. 
Uh, so we highly suggest um, um, streamlining that process as much as possible because it is honestly one of the most time intensive uh, things that we personally do at Swan Property Management and we know that other landlords uh, do as well uh, because there are just so many people that you have to, that are interested in this property because of the way it's marketed on the 80 we market on on I think it's 88 websites now whenever we list a property it's immediately put out to 88 properties that leads to a lot of interest uh, and so we definitely get a lot of interest a lot of leads having a lot of phone calls and so that's a big amount of time yeah and, and we've actually seen um, with the self showings it's a little bit counterintuitive that we do get more tenants applying and higher quality tenants and actually the prospective tenants actually enjoy seeing the property by themselves more because then they're able to take the time that they need. It's not awkward with somebody there showing them the property. And um, you know, two, two mistakes that I see uh, landlords make who are owner landlords um, often um, is one, uh, they don't have a buttoned down screening process and often simply kind of go by feel. And it's very important not to do that. So we get that on the surface, that sort of sounds good. Hey, I'm gonna go by my intuition. I'm gonna go by my gut feel. You know, we see so many uh, applications on a weekly basis, so many detailed reports on background and screening reports that, you know, we've got minimum criteria that become, you know, kind of the initial sifting process. And, um, and it's very important to have that. So you ma you're making a decision on which tenant you're gonna put in there less on feel and more of a matter of your processes and your systems and standards. Very few uh, owner landlords that we talk to have that level of system. And the reality is the difference between putting a great tenant and a not great tenant in your property is worth thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to you. The horror stories that we could tell you about that we experience, have experienced um, with, you know, um, properties that we've taken on that were already intended that had tenants that shouldn't have been put in there and what that cost the owners. I mean, we could go on all the time about that. So, um, so super important to have a standard. Uh, the other thing is, um, with the, with the self-directed showings, a lot of, um, a lot of, uh, owners that we talk to want to personally meet the tenant at the property. And it comes from a sense of saying, okay, I want to meet the tenant that is going to rent my property because I'll be able to interact with that tenant and in some way based on that conversation I will be able to tell if that person is going to be a good tenant or not a good tenant and I can say that it is impossible to do that with any accuracy we have seen people present in an amazing way that uh, just have not been good tenants we have seen people that maybe we wouldn't have thought would have been the best tenant be the absolute best tenant. We have seen professional tenants that are so good at the game that they have just gone from property to property to property to property, taking advantage of owner after owner after owner, and they're so good at it, it's virtually impossible um, to tell. And so at a, at a, at a minimum, mm -hmm. we highly recommend that an owner do not try to tenant their own property that at a minimum um, I would recommend that you hire professional help even if you want to manage it yourself because managing it there's less risk in managing it than intending it so even if you want to manage it then I would highly encourage you to get professional help to tenant it and then go ahead and manage it if that's what you want to do would you agree with that I would 
100% agree with that. And let me add one more thing. Um, it you may not think about it um, right when uh, you may not think about it when when you first hear it. But if your answer to what is my screening criteria is a gut instinct, that opens you up to a that's a huge risk. Opens you up to a discrimination case. So there are um, a lot of stories that I've heard where the only reason someone's rejected is because of a gut instinct, and all it takes is one allegation, one accusation, and all of a sudden you're in court fighting a multi-thousand dollar lawsuit because your gut feeling was your criteria and not a document that you discussed and that you sent to the tenant. So right there, just having those criteria completely reduces that ability for anyone to make that allegation because you've rejected them based upon a minimum criteria that they did not meet, not because you saw them at the property and maybe they shook your hand and it was a little limp, right? It's just all, when you get into that gray area of your gut feeling, all sorts of problems start to arise look on some property manager's website, look on our prop on our website if you wanted to, um, to find our minimum criteria uh, and then just take them as your own or set your own minimum criteria. Every property manager has their own minimum criteria uh, and all of them uh, serve their own small little different purpose. But the one thing that is common is that every property manager who is doing their job well has a minimum criteria set and no tenant below those criteria even gets looked at beyond screening. And so I would, it protects you as an owner to have those minimum criteria in place. Highly recommend spend some time, get some minimum criteria, put them into effect. And then anytime someone wants to apply, you hand them the minimum criteria and you say, Hey, just take a look at these before you apply. Just so you know the type of person that we're looking to tenant this property, it'll protect you. It'll save you months and months and months of headache potentially and thousands of dollars uh, in, in potential lawsuits. Yeah, that's a great point because then, you know, if you do have to be before a judge and you are being sued because of a discrimination case, then it's very simple. Well, Your Honor, uh, here are our criteria that we apply equally to every individual that applied. And Mr. or Mrs. Um, X did not meet that minimum criteria, and that is why they were not accepted for the, um, the property. Uh, open shut case. Uh, no issues, uh, no drama, but without that minimum standard, then suddenly that becomes something very different. So yeah, great point there. Yep. Um, all right. So the third third area is uh, there are costs to owners uh, in a move-in process, and so let's talk about that briefly. Yeah. So uh, any owner that has gone through a retenanting process is very familiar with these fees. There aren't that many fees, but they are sometimes big ticket items, depending upon the quality of home of the home uh, and also um, the situation the home was in before being shown. The first thing and the most immediate one that comes to mind is doing any necessary repairs to get the home in running condition. All right, so that looks different for every home. Maybe you have a, a C-class property that'll be renovated a different way than a high-end A property, but well, um, you always need to get those necessary repairs done, whether or not um, you contract those yourself. So you you do the maintenance process, you get all the subcontractors, and then you hand it to the property manager, or maybe you have your property manager conduct all those repairs for you. Whatever the whatever the situation you decide to go uh, into, whatever the route you decide to take, you'll have to pay for those repairs um, definitely. So that is a huge cost that sometimes owners have to take in. Uh, so definitely. That's the, 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 most, uh, the one that comes to mind the most. The second is any changes in your insurance policy. 
So if you have, let's say, a duplex uh, and you just bought it, um, or let's say you renovated a home into a duplex, you might have additionally insured and you might need to get a new insurance policy depending upon your provider. Uh, so that's one thing homeowners don't talk, uh, don't really think about, doesn't come to mind right away, is any changes to your insurance policy, maybe any changes in the deductible you'll be paying or what, what have you, your monthly fees. Uh, so definitely think about that. Consult your insurance rep uh, when and making any changes to the property. Maybe you went from one person living in the home to now a family with four or five kids lives in this home. Uh, and that could be a huge difference depending upon the plan you have and a lot of other little factors. Uh, and the next, the third, and the final uh, fee that owners can expect to pay when retenanting a property, moving a tenant in, uh, is the leasing fee to your landlord. So every property manager is different. And if you're acting as your own landlord, maybe, uh, and you're tenanting your own property, you won't have to pay this to yourself. So you can disregard this completely. But if you're paying someone to professionally tenant your property, which I would highly recommend, um, at least consult someone like that so you can learn how to do it yourself. Um, you will be paying a leasing fee to that person. We've seen a free leasing fee just to get um, you to sign a, a property management contract for a year. We've seen 50% leasing fee, which is what we personally do. And we've also seen 100% leasing fee um, if you don't want them to manage your home. So it's different depending upon what landlord you choose to go with, but you will definitely pay a leasing fee. Yeah, that's, um, that's, uh, that's true. And the other important point you made um, there was about insurance. And insurance is a big deal. So we, we coach um, a lot of landlords. We coach a lot of real estate investors. And you know, typically, if you're like most, most, um, most owners, your goal is, is to kind of protect your asset, which would be your rental property, and also then to grow your wealth through growth in that, in that process. And so we really view our role as your wealth creation partner, right? Not only to protect your investment for you, but also then to help you grow uh, that investment, you know, into increased wealth. And then even, even, you know, help you acquire as many investment properties as you want, you know, which we very actively help investors to do. And even something as simple as putting the wrong insurance on your investment property can be a really big deal. Now, if nothing ever happens, well, then it's not a big deal. But when it becomes a big deal, it is a really big deal. And even uh, you know, even even if as an owner you're holding property in your own name, which we never recommend, or if you're holding property in the name of uh, you know, like typically an LLC, which we which we always recommend, um, you know, there are different insurance structures that you want depending on how you're holding the property. So insurance alone can be very complex when it comes to, you know, being a homeowner and being a landlord. And so it's very important for you to um, have that buttoned up. And if you have a question, just ask. I mean, just reach out and, and just ask a professional, hey, what kind of insurance do I need on this property? And we've got relationships with, you know, lots of, lots of insurance people and insurance agencies and pretty much know exactly what kind of investment you would need. So yeah, great, great point on that insurance. All right, so um, in general, Connor, what would you like to close us out with? So uh, in general, uh, there are there, there's a delicate balance uh, that I'd like to make owners aware of and also property managers, landlords aware of. So the balance is renting the property quickly versus getting the highest possible quality tenant in the property. Uh, let me just say one thing on that. One, you need to set the rent correctly. It does not mean the highest, does not mean the lowest. Sometimes it doesn't even mean the median, uh, the median rent, depending upon the 
the quality of the house. Maybe you have a, a bigger, the biggest house in the neighborhood, or maybe it's the nicest house on the street, or maybe it's one one block in the right direction. So the rent, um, the the monthly rent, really needs to be set correctly in order to get in order to get the proper people looking at your house and applying to your house. Uh, and second, if you needed to wait one to two months to get an A plus tenant in your property, that will always be the best scenario. I said it uh, at the beginning of this video and I'll say it again, um, you make all of your money as an owner and a landlord when you tenant the property correctly. So if you can do that well by sometimes waiting one to two months, listen, paying one, have, making one more mortgage payment um, and having that be the difference between a tenant that's in the property for three years, pays their rent on time, all the time, um, or someone that you have to evict in three months, go through a six or seven month eviction process because they know what they're doing, um, waiting one extra month, one mortgage payment, uh, one month of taxes, one month of the small amount of utilities in a vacant home would be entirely worth the wait to get that A plus tenant in there. Now it's a delicate balance, like I said, sometimes, You'll have multiple people that apply, uh, and if you wait too long, if your criteria are not matched correctly with that property, you're not going to tenant the property um, in the in the time frame that you really should, and you're and you're going to have your owner pay more than they really should for that. Um, so you really need to make sure that your criteria match that property, uh, what you're looking for, that the rent is matched up with that property as well, uh, and that everything uh, everything is equal. And then you really need to have some patience. Sometimes the best thing is just to wait one or two extra months for that A plus tenant to really get in there. Uh, and then trust me, wait, right when that tenant applies, right when they look at the home, you'll know exactly um, that, that the tenant uh, is the tenant you're looking for and then you can tenant it with them and then you can have a smooth process from there on out for possibly years to come. So it really, it's really worth the wait um, to wait one or two extra months. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and it's a huge balance. Remember that uh, remember that investment property we bought where uh, we miscued on the insurance and um, literally a day before we were closing, we realized we didn't have insurance? Yeah. And uh, we ended up scrambling and 30 minutes before closing, we actually uh, had the insurance coverage bound and actually got the encouraged the insurance but the reality is that there are there are a lot of um you know landlords and owners that end up closing on an investment property and literally yeah. forgot that they didn't have insurance on it you're right and they actually literally close on it because some of those deals are done in cash so you don't have a mortgage company there that's requiring you to have insurance on it so a lot yeah. of people just slip through the cracks and uh, super dangerous. Anyway, this uh, so, reminded me of that. Yeah. Uh, one other thing you might not think about has a little less to do with property management and more with investment. Uh, if you have closing on a house that you'd want to buy, drive to the property before closing to take a look at it. Make sure it's not burned down. You'd really think uh, that you'd be aware, but trust me, when you sign on that line, all liability falls on you. So you want to make sure 100%, go 10 minutes out of your way, take a look at the property, make sure it's in the condition you really think it is and that the, uh, the report says it's in, drive by, look at it, and then go to closing. So little things like that, um, even though they don't sound important, little things like forgetting your insurance, uh, all it takes, it's one match. All, the difference is one match between having a great investment property um, or potentially ruining your ability to invest for years and years to come. So really do some due diligence. Think about that insurance. Uh, drive, little things like driving by the property really do make a difference. All right, well, very, very important episode today. Uh, thank you for joining us. 
And uh, if folks want to reach out to us, uh, what's the best way for them to do that? Uh, you can reach out to me personally, Connor at SwalmRealty.com. That is C-O-N-N-O-R at SwalmRealty.com. You could also go to our website, SwalmPropertyManagement.com, take a look at all of our content, and then contact us through that website if you'd really like to. Uh, we'd be happy to answer any questions. Uh, again, all of the advice we give is Delaware-specific. But between every state, there's usually a lot in common that we have. Uh, Some little things are just a little different. So if you have any questions or want some advice, just reach out. We'd be happy to give it. Okay. Well, thanks for taking your time and joining us. So we will see you next time on The Landlord's Resource. Hey, guys. Thank you for tuning in today. We are extremely appreciative that you would spend some of your time with us. It would mean the world to me, and I mean the world, if you would leave a like, rating, or review. We would love to see some of your feedback.